0: This episode is sponsored by Ruling Group. There are four gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and the common link between all of them is each one was sourced through the Ruling Group. If you want to deliver amazing gifts that capture people's attention, go to giversedge.com to learn more. Hey, hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Jenny Dietrich. Now, Jenny is the founder and CEO of Arment Dietrich, they're an integrated marketing communications and PR firm. She's the author of Spin Sucks, which has spent more time as a bestseller than just about any book I'm aware of. She's the co-author of Marketing in the Round, Coast of Inside PR, and she's the lead blogger at Spin Sucks and is the founder of Spin Sucks Pro. In short, Jenny knows more about PR and integrated communications than most people on the planet. And that's why we've got her here today. You're going to learn a ton. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to PR and communications. We're going to talk about what it takes to start a PR strategy when you should and shouldn't do that. What integrated communications means compared to just PR and communications. And then finally, we're going to get to this whole idea of the steps you should take to properly implement this type of integrated communications in your business. You're going to learn a ton. I know I have. Here's my interview with the wonderful Jenny Dietrich. Jenny Dietrich, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. How are you?
0: I've never been finer. Well, once, but outside of that one time, this is as good as I get.
1: Wow. It's <laughs> kind of scary there, Ian.
0: So, so, Jenny, what's something that people may not know about you that might be surprising or might be interesting to our, to our listeners?
1: There's so many things.
0: Exactly. Uh, Keep in mind, this is a family show.
1: It has to be family. Okay, family oriented. Um, hmm. What is something I once dated a quarterback?
0: You once dated a quarterback, a,
1: an NFL quarterback. And then, yes. by
0: the way, NFL quarterback is definitely worth the, worth the distinction because if it was like, right. well, you know, You're a like guy who played pop Warner, that doesn't count. Yeah. yeah.
1: That. Um, that was an experience. I'm sure. Uh huh. I'm sure. Um, what else? I studied ballet all the way through college, and I was going to be a prima ballerina until I discovered that they only make $12,000 a year.
0: Yeah, that would be a problem.
1: That's a problem, especially because I kind of like money. Yeah. yeah? So
0: Do you dance on stage often? Not anymore. Not anymore? Not I think that's the- something you either. should work into your speaking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be, yeah. I think it'd be a great way to go. And <laughs> so, we- <laughs> so, so, obviously... You have an amazing reputation experience when it comes to PR and communications. And so one of the things that I really want to draw out from you is what are the biggest mistakes or misconceptions that people have about PR and communications?
1: Uh, One of the biggest misconceptions is that we lie for a living, which is my favorite one. And people will actually say that to you when you say you you do PR for a living. They say, oh, you you lie for a living.
0: So (sighs) what do you think that what do you think people have that misconception?
1: Um, I think it's a few things. I think, you know, we certainly especially right now, we're experiencing this with the election. You see that uh, politicians are consulted to maybe spin the truth or avoid questions avoid answering certain questions um hollywood certainly has not been kind to the industry it's either you know you're samantha on sex in the city and you're throwing parties and drinking martinis every night or you're creating um a war for the president to hide to hide his affair so you know i mean the the hollywood has not been kind either so i think it's it's that that those two things really lead to that misconception.
0: So the misconception is that that anybody in PR is lying for a living, um, by the way, which is not too far off of people's perception of sales in general. So, sure. we, so we share, we share a kinship there. And <laughs> oftentimes I, I suggest to people, look, that's why you have to disarm the notion that you're there to sell something early in the process. When when executives and and organizations go down a PR path – Mm-hmm. What are the biggest mistakes that they tend to make early on?
1: You know, I always joke that there must be some school that business leaders go to that we don't know about that teaches them that PR is going to solve all of their problems and that all they have to do is get on the front page of the New York Times and they will sell out of their product.
0: I mean, <clears throat> that doesn't work? No. All right. It does not just, let me just let me just make a note to change my strategy. <laughs> All right, now, now that I've done that, because that was originally what I was shooting for.
1: Yeah, I'm so, sorry. I mean, it it could work if you did something like try to shoot the president or burn down the White House or something like that. You might, at least, you'd get some publicity for sure.
0: And so, so if you were going to do something like that, you should wear a certain T-shirt. You so, should
1: wear <laughs> wear your branded T-shirt so that people.
0: Can see? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, people have that idea that basically, if I get enough PR, it's going to solve everything for me.
1: Everything, it's going to solve all my problems, and it's going to be amazing. And the phone's going to ring, and the cash register's going to sing, and I'm not going to have any problems. And I, I love to tell this story. And this poor man, I, um, <laughs> a few years ago, called literally two weeks before Christmas, called me, and he said. We have product in Target and they've just told me that it's not selling. And if it doesn't sell by Christmas, that we're not – they're not going to renew our contract in January. So I need your help. I need to get out there and tell every media outlet that we have this product in Target so that we can get rid of it. And I was like, it's two weeks before Christmas. And he's (laughs) like, yeah. So if you could get me in the New York Times and if you could get me in Inc. and Forbes. And and he's going on and on. And I was like, it's – Two weeks before,
0: Christmas. like tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, let me just get right on it. In fact, I'll just tweet it out, and that'll just, that'll that'll cover everything. You can
1: sell at least two that way.
0: Exactly. A little private joke for our friend Jay Bear, but we'll um we'll we'll leave that for later. We'll leave that for later. So, what what tend to be the biggest catalysts of when people reach out to you for help in the PR world?
1: Typically, it's because somebody has said to them that they need PR, and typically it's because something is wrong, like they need to sell out of target in two weeks, or there's a crisis or there's a reputational issue, or they're getting bad reviews or there's lots of negative things on Google, or you know it's something like that is typically the catalyst for it.
0: And I'm going to go on a limb and say that, and I'm going to um, to guess. That if you had advice for people on when you could have the greatest positive impact for them, though certainly you can help them a lot in the middle of a crisis, my guess is you would suggest that that's not the best time to start thinking about PR.
1: Yeah, it's not the best time because, I mean, as you know. There are certain things that have to happen for you to, I don't know, not have negative reviews or negative things said about you in search results in Google. Um, You know, content certainly helps, but that takes time. I think people just – I really really think people think that PR can be this magic bullet and, you know – it can be done. I I think people think, oh, well, all she's going to do is sit a, at her desk and start making phone calls to her friends, and then we're going to be everywhere. And that's just not how it works.
0: Yeah. Well, I I, I always love as as someone who writes every week um, my column in Forbes and in Inc. I love the emails that I get that say, oh, I'm sure you're looking for content like this. So here's an article we've written that you can just copy and paste and <laughs> right, right. Inc. And I'm like, wow, why didn't I think of that? What a great why, idea. Great.
1: <laughs> That whole duplicate content issue,
0: huh? <laughs> well, and even beyond the duplicate content, it's just like the notion that, hey, by the way, if I send you this article, will you just run it in this you know, global publication? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Sure. Yeah. Let me get right on that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And by the way, could you just trim these five words? It's kind of over the word count we're looking for. And then we'll just, <laughs> we'll just publish it as is. And my right. favorite was someone who sent me a note and said, well, I'm trying to establish my position as an expert, so... Do you think that you could quote me in an article so that people would see me as an expert? And I just kind of laughed and I thought, well, it's actually – that's the chicken and the egg. That's the – like once right. you have expertise, right. we might actually quote we you. We might but actually quote you. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't quite work that way. So, so most of our audience tends to be CEOs or senior executives. Mm-hmm. How should they be looking at PR and communication? In other words, if you could kind of paint a canvas of, look – the ideal client comes to us under these circumstances with these goals. What would it look like when they should come to you as opposed to, hey, by the way, the building's on fire. Can you help us?
1: Or even, you know, we get a lot of, we're launching this new product or we've started a new division or something like that next month. That's not enough time. Uh, so you know, if you're if you have something new like that, there's a new product or a new service, or you you have a new division, or heck, you're a new company. You need at least six months in advance, at least if not a year, and you have to have that run runway because you know there's so many things that that go into it. And I I really think that people think, oh, we're just going to sit at our desk and we're just going to call reporters, and that's just not the case. Uh, you know, I mean, as you well know, journalists are. Whittled way, way down, and sure, publications are looking for contributed content. But to your point, it has to be very valuable, and it has to be by somebody who knows what they're talking about and has already established themselves as an expert. So you have to create that stuff in some cases, and you have to start small. You can't go immediately to Inc. or to Forbes and say, "Hey, we've got this guy who is really smart. He hasn't he hasn't published anywhere, and he doesn't have any social media yet, but." We think you should interview him. That's just not how it
0: works. Exactly, though. Though many people think it does, which is often
1: – I know. I
0: know. <laughs> often comical to me. So, what's the what's a reasonable expectation that people should have? So, if if I'm a CEO who isn't doing anything actively today in terms of PR and more outbound, you know, brand type communication, what expectations should I have in terms of Here's what PR can do for you.
1: So we look at it as an integrated model, and really, it's not. You know, we've been talking about media relations, which is one piece of it. It's it's re- It's really four pieces. You have paid media, which would be everything from email marketing to social media advertising. You have earned media, which is media relations, publicity, getting you know, getting Ian to quote you in an article. Uh, You have shared media, which which is social, and then um, owned media, which is content. And owned media really is the center of everything because without that, you can't – you don't have anything to email people about and you don't have anything to advertise on social. You certainly don't have anything to put into social. And without the owned content, no – journalist in their right mind is going to look at you. So that's really the center of it. So when you're looking at a communications firm, you want to see that they're integrating all that and that they can measure their results to actual sales. So you're not just hiring somebody to go out and call their friends at publications. You're hiring somebody to build a strategic communications program.
0: Yeah. And that that level of measured results is key. It's something I, I talk about all the time, which is Look, if, if one person comes to you and says, I'm going to charge you X dollars, but you know, we, it's really tough to measure results in PR, and it's really tough to measure results in communication, which, by the way, it's not that tough. It's just usually no. people who say that right. d- don't want to actually – for people to be able to see that they haven't done anything. Correct. Um, the The notion of the firm that says, and here's where we're going to measure results – is exponentially more valuable to you than the one who can't. Because as I often say to people, whatever you pay for something, if you don't get results, it wasn't a good deal. Correct. And so I see a lot of organizations where they say, well, we can, we can do this free. We, here's all the stuff we can do for free in terms of communications. And what I find in those organizations is they don't have any sort of coordinated strategy. Instead, it's just a whole bunch of little one-off things that don't necessarily go together.
1: Right. And, and usually it's, I mean, that, that can be driven by both the the PR professional or the client or both. I mean, the executive or both. Um, usually it's because the business leader doesn't understand how PR works and, and really it's sort of seen as this magical, oh, this, you know, when it works, it works, but when it doesn't, it. Like there's no control, which is baloney. You absolutely have control. And then I think you're right that the PR professional either doesn't know how how to measure or doesn't want to take the time to learn. And in fairness, the industry for 50 years has gotten away with not having measurement. So, you know, you're looking at things like how many media placements can you get? Well, that's baloney because it's super easy to put something on a wire, and you know you can count those as media hits. So, yeah. yeah, you really have to look at things like: is it driving qualified leads to our website, and what are those people doing once they get there?
0: Yeah, and and it's an interesting thing because nowadays with advanced analytics, we know right. how we can measure those sorts of things. Right. We know exactly what we can um, what we can achieve, and our friend Marcus Sheridan obviously does a lot of work in that space in terms of on the content side and measuring specifically what kind of results people are getting and and i know I know you do as well that whole notion of look the, the notion of clicks and views is irrelevant if it doesn 't right. actually trigger action
1: yes 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 yes
0: yes if it does, if it doesn 't trigger results, what are some of the indicators for a business? that you'd say, look, if something like this is either happening or you anticipate it happening over the next six months or year, here's when you should really have that integrated communication strategy.
1: Hmm. Um, I would say if there's something new coming out, um, I would say if you are lacking in market share and, and need to um, build awareness – if you have experts in your subject matter, experts, or even the executive team who have a really unique point of view and can, and you know, want want to sort of be the, the brand of the the business, in those cases work really well. Um, of course, if there's a crisis, you know, s- stuff sure. like that. If you have an event, you know, some some of that the where you're not going to see immediate results is when you hire a firm just to to do. Like there's no there's no there's nothing coming. Like there's not nothing newsworthy coming. So it's there's like not we've, something we've, we've, new we, we,
0: we, so we've we've hired a PR firm to to get us media placements. We've hired a communications firm to to help with with earned media, but we don't have a story worth telling in essence. Right.
1: Yeah. There's like I mean it used to be, you know, people cared about promotions and things like that and nobody cares about that stuff yep. anymore. So it has to be we're being innovative, we're being interesting, we have a unique perspective. It has to be those things.
0: And let me ask you this because this is something that I see and I have an opinion but I want to hear yours on it, <laughs> which is there are there are, I I'll see this often where an organization is talking about all these great things they are doing Versus talking about things that their clients are achieving Mm -hmm. through them. Mm -hmm. And which way do you recommend and why? And obviously, I've got an opinion, but I want to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Well, I'm willing to bet we agree. Um,
0: (laughs) I have a feeling we will. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to hear you talk about how great you are. No one. It's it's like the uh, the guy that I call output only it's the person that you see at a at a networking event or a trade show or a conference or whatever and you see that person and you're like crap how do I get out of here because if he corners me I'm never going to get out of here it's you know because all he does is talk about himself and how smart he is and what great things they're doing nobody cares about that but when you think about it from a customer's perspective or an employee's perspective boy, you have all sorts of stories to tell and they can talk about how smart you are.
0: Yeah, and and I also think that the way I often describe it, and of course we do agree that the the way I often describe it is if you're telling a story and there's a hero, the hero better be your client, not you. Correct. Because then other people say, wow, I want to be a hero just like that hero. So maybe if I'm their client, I can be a hero too. Yes. And I think that it's, it's amazing to me where, where people will say, okay, we've got this communication strategy. So now what's our best way to tell people how great we are? And it's like, well, the best way to show how great you are is to illustrate how you've solved a problem for somebody else who now is in a much better place because of your help. And now when someone sees that, they go, wow, if I'm having that problem, I bet they can deliver the same result for us.
1: You know, it's funny. That's a really good example. When I started speaking, and you speak to Vistage groups too, but when I started speaking to Vistage groups several years ago, a friend of mine who was at the time one of the highest rated Vistage speakers said to me, the best thing that you can do when you speak is provide examples of the work that you've done for other businesses because that's exactly what will happen. People will sit in the audience and they'll think, I have that problem too. And then they hire you. And it was the best advice I've ever received because it's true. So it's the same thing with a communications program. Let other people tell your story for you.
0: Yep. And, and it's interesting because you see it in consumer products as well that oftentimes it's, oftentimes it's overlooked. But if you look at like I've got a son who's got celiac disease. So he can't any, he can't eat anything with gluten. And the manufacturers who are now coming out with gluten-free products – it's what I think is clever is that they're not just saying, oh, we have this gluten-free product. They're actually saying, look at this, and now, here's this child who, you know, a year ago couldn't eat this product, and now they can, and they're just like everybody else. Well, that's awesome. For, for somebody who couldn't eat it, now they can, that's what's going through their head. And I right. think, And I think that oftentimes what happens is when someone has a new product offering, the gap is that... They can't articulate why somebody should care about it or why they need it. All they can talk about is the features and, and benefits <laughs> of the product. And guess what? The consumer on the other end couldn't care less. Right, 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 right. So I, I've, done, I've done this research with thousands and thousands of executives around the world on what questions they ask when they're approving a decision. And the questions come down to, first, what, problems does, what problem does this solve or why do I need it? And then the second question, and I combine those two into one, and the second one is what's the likely outcome or result? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when I talk to executives, they say, well, yeah, we tell everyone about the benefit of the result. And I say, look, but no one cares about that unless they understand what problem it solves. Right. And the best marketing, the best communication that I see is centered around, hey, if you're having this sort of problem, here's the way someone else solved it in many cases using our stuff. So right. How does that storytelling play when it comes to this type of integrated communications?
1: You know, I have a really good friend who does healthcare PR and sh- I'm going to use this example because it I think it's really pertinent. One of the things that they one of her clients does is they make passing a kidney stone easier. Nobody wants to talk about kidney stones. No one. Like no nobody wants to have that conversation except for us. <laughs> right, Except up right now. But the 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 client will say to them, "Well, we have to talk about the features and benefits of this product and how it helps." And and they're like, "No, nobody cares." How about if we talk to patients and their experience? And the the client keeps pushing back, and they're like, "You guys, like nobody wants to talk about kidney stones." So we can either talk to the patients and let them tell the story, or we're not going to do this because we're not going to write content or go to media outlets. And talk, or or in social media, and talk about your kidney stone prescription medicine. (laughs) And
0: here's the interesting thing, and I I wanted to talk about this because let's let's use that as an example. So, what type of content would you recommend that they create to build that awareness and build some energy around their product?
1: The first thing I would do is get patients on video, and I would interview them. And, you know, because you can use video, you can repurpose that anywhere. You can use it in social, you can use it in, you know, repurpose it to text. You can do all sorts of stuff. That's, that's the very first thing I would do and let them tell the story of how, you know, it was super painful and this made it easier or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but let them tell that story versus you know, we have these great features and benefits.
0: Who cares? What I love there is the notion of, so for starters, it's video that you can repurpose in different places, but also what you're emphasizing is the before and after. Here's the reality. The person who's never had to go through this issue of passing a kidney stone is thinking, well, what's the big deal? The person who who now watches the video and someone says, well, in the past, you know, I, I had discomfort and pain zero to 10 that was like 17. <laughs> and wow, it's like, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to live through this. And now, you know, here we are two years later, I had a similar thing and I was I was preparing for the worst and it really wasn't that bad because right. I took this drug. Right. Now, guess what? You're the consumer. You got two choices. You can go it alone or you can get this product. Like, what are you going to do? If you're like, if the doctor says, well, I think you have to pass this kidney stone, you're like, well, I just saw this video. Can I get right. that product?
1: Yes, I want that.
0: Yeah, because I want to have that. So I love that. I love that notion of... So video that you can then repurpose and the whole before and after comparison. Yep. So what types of content would you be looking to index on for that? So if I'm trying to attract people who are good candidates for this, what types of questions or what types of topics would I, would I write about or, in essence, target from a, from a search engine standpoint around that topic?
1: Well, I would do all of my research. I, I mean, let me, let me say this. With a, yeah, let me say this with a caveat that the healthcare industry is highly regulated, yeah, so yeah. some of this some of this may not work. Yeah. But I would do all of my re- research to figure out you know, what people are searching for when it comes to kidney stones. And certainly, I would imagine it's things like, "Do I have one?" and you know, all those kinds of things.
0: What are things I can do to alleviate pain yep. associated with a kidney stone? What's the easiest way to pass a kidney stone? What are the biggest risks and concerns about kidney stones? Right. and, and I hear it's really lunch. painful,
1: yeah. you know, symptoms, all that kind of stuff. And then I would start to create content around that.
0: Yeah. There there was a um, – there's, there's a company I did some work with that has um, – that basically has – a better method for detecting cervical cancer. And they said, Mm -hmm. well, they said the problem is no matter how much marketing we do, these physicians won't necessarily spend the additional money on this equipment because the marketplace doesn't know about it. So how do we convince them? And I said, well, it's an interesting question, but you've just answered it yourself. right? (laughs) If you educate the consumers, they're going to demand they get it. I said, now what I would do is I would say, look, the first – 500 practices in North America that buy and implement this equipment will be on your website. So anyone that comes to you for education about it, they'll get directed to those physicians that have it already. Now, if you're a late adopter, well, guess what? You're not just like everyone else, but if you're an early adopter, we're going to put you in this advanced women's health initiative um, you know, category. And so you get an award for being an advanced women's health initiative practice. And And we're going to
1: send you patients.
0: Exactly. And we're going to send you patients. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, they, 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 um, they said, wow, you know, I think that'll actually work. It's like, of course. And guess what (laughs) regulation? That's totally, that's totally legit to do because all you're doing is saying, if you have this condition, here's who might be able to treat it. Yes. And so it was an interesting angle to take for them because they were trying to figure out how do I convince the physicians. I'm like, you're going about the wrong way. Get the patients to demand it, and the physicians will respond.
1: Brilliant. We could solve the world's problems just the two of us.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think we're starting right now, and um, so we're we're starting apparently with kidney stones. And um, diagnosis cervical, cervical cancer, cancer. We probably should have picked a bigger topic here. We probably should have <laughs> probably should have picked it. So, you know, it's just my bad as the interviewer not having done that. But if I was a trained professional, we would have clearly gone to a much bigger issue. So about world peace. I was just kidding. So,
1: <laughs> about this election. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, the election stuff. I don't think we can solve. Oh. And, um, and my my guess is this will air after the election, so most of not America fair, might already right? be in Canada. So,
1: We'll all, be, we'll all have left
0: by then. Exactly. Well, it's funny actually because I was in Mexico and, um, and ran into the president of Mexico and he said, in fact, um, that if, um, if, if Trump were to win the election, that Mexico has agreed they would build a wall and they would pay for it because they felt like they would have to keep the Americans out. Right, and so that yeah. was a that was a whole different issue, which none of us had really thought about. But that's the thing. So I'll be curious to see. And of course, he also said that um, if Hillary gets elected, they would build it for the same reason. And I say that just to make everybody politically comfortable with, no matter right. which candidate you favor. This way, I'm being politically correct, and it makes everybody happy. Uh. So, um, so what's the single? If you had one piece of advice for somebody when it comes to communication, if you had one thing, that you said, look. If you're gonna take a step, here's the one thing you should keep your eye on. If you do this, good things will happen. What would it be?
1: You know, it really would be I, I would say it's measuring measuring the effort because I would venture to guess 75 or 80 percent of communications professionals still don't do that work. And so you're going to be – you're going to spend the money and you may have great chemistry and you may really like their strategy and you may really like the way that they're doing things and they may even get you you know some great brand awareness and people are going to say, hey, I saw you and such and such right? and it's going to be great for your ego but six months – down the road you 're going to be frustrated because it 's not actually doing the things that it should be doing to help your business, and then you 're going to be feeling like you wasted your money and then you 're going to take it out on the whole p r industry when in fact, if you just start by saying, "I need to find a professional freelancer solopreneur if you 're bringing it internal or if you 're hiring a firm, find somebody who focuses on measurement and then go worry about the other stuff
0: yeah, you know what and it 's something that that I teach through and through, which is results matter most so if you get results then you can measure the value if you don't get results it doesn't matter what you paid it wasn't a good deal right totally agree with that so jenny what's the best way for people to find you online because i have a strange feeling people are going to have a bunch of additional questions for you
1: (laughs) uh spinsucks.com is the easiest place all of my social stuff is there as well
0: yeah, which which I love, and if, and for people who don't have the book, and and how many um, how many decades has it been a uh, best selling book? Spin sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's only been out for two years. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's been out for two years, and I think it's been a bestseller since the day it launched through now. Um, really just a, uh, a re- remarkable book and something that everyone should get a hold of. So Thank Jenny, thanks so much for joining us and for sharing your wisdom. And I have a strange feeling that by popular demand, we will have you back again.
1: Sweet. Because, you know, I mean, this doesn't, this doesn't make up for getting to have dinner with you, but it is a nice compliment.
0: <laughs> All right, Jenny. Well, you know what? It's a start.
1: <laughs> it is a start.
0: All right. Thanks Thank again. you for having me. Jenny is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to integrated communication and PR. Let me give you a quick thirty-second recap of the key takeaways I think you can use and apply to your business right away. First, you need to make sure that you recognize that PR and communication isn't going to solve everything, and that um, and that it's not just about being in a crisis. Want to make sure that you've got an integrated approach to communication that includes paid media. Earn media, shared media, and own media, that own media being the most important. And finally, when you're actually looking to share your information, use video because it's easy to repurpose it. Make sure that you're focusing on before and after in terms of showing the before and after to your potential customers. And if you can't measure the results, it probably doesn't matter. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a guest you think I should have on the show, if there's a topic you'd like me to cover, drop me a note personally at ian at ianaltman.com. I love getting those notes. I'm also very appreciative of the people who have posted reviews and subscribed via iTunes. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.